welcome to Women's Health, Wisdom, and Wine, a weekly conversation with practitioners, providers, patients, and healers about complex reproductive medicine and women's health challenges, the value of an integrative approach to these challenges, many of the women's health topics you're already thinking about but uncomfortable talking about, and my personal favorite, wine. I'm your host, Dr. Lorena White, an integrative reproductive medicine and women's health provider, licensed acupuncturist, clinical herbalist, and a former labor support doula in the Washington, D.C. metro area. My goal is to bring women's health-specific evidence and expertise to the forefront of daily women's health and wellness news through informative conversations. If you have ideas, questions, and specific topics that you would like us to cover in future podcast episodes, please leave them in the comment section or send us an email at info at To learn more about our team's approach to care, visit our website at www.larenawhite.com. As you enjoy the podcast, conversations, and wine time, remember to follow the podcast, leave a five-star rating, and tap on the bell to make sure you never miss an episode. Let us know what is your favorite topic, who has been your favorite guest, and who would you like to hear from on the next pod. Most importantly, share the podcast and your favorite episode with a friend or colleague. Lastly, remember that this podcast is not designed to be a substitute for a bona fide relationship with a licensed or certified healthcare professional. Coming up, I talk with Kit Maloney about her womb story, how vaginal steam skepticism turned into curiosity, which resulted in advocacy, and the origin story of Katara Love. Let's join the conversation. So here we are. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So Kit, at the time of this recording, you're in your 35th week of pregnancy, I believe. And so before we get started, talk to us about your transitional journey from womanhood into motherhood. And besides your growing womb, what else have you noticed about yourself and the world around you? Mm, beautiful. Well, thank you so much for having me here, Lorena. Absolutely. I'm so looking forward to this discussion. <laughs> And for that beautiful question, um, it was quite a journey for me. I, let's see, I'm 40 years old now. Um, I will be 41 next month, which is when I plan to give birth. Your season and of delivery, I think? Yes, my, my delivery season yes. is in mid-May, uh-huh. and my birthday is towards the end of May, okay. so we'll see. All right. Um, and a wonderful birthday gift, either way. Absolutely, right. <laughs> Literally, for everybody. <laughs> um, and so this journey for me and just involved depths of trust and surrender mm-hmm. that um, were quite humbling yeah. at times. And, you know, I'm somebody who on the one hand holds such clear reverence for the female body, um, understands that we maintain our fertility far beyond what our overculture likes to tell women in their 30s and 40s. Um, But then I'm also somebody who lives in this culture and who is surrounded by the messaging around, the fear-based messaging around what to do if you decide to start a family in your early 30s, which is what 
I did. You mean like the um, terms geriatric pregnancy, advanced maternal <laughs> age? I'm like, okay, do you just want to like, how much slander can you possibly put in an introduction? But yeah, that's it. Exactly. <laughs> so straight out of the gate, you just feel like, oh, this is going to be something yeah. to hold myself in what I know to be what true. What you know to be true, right? yes. <laughs> yeah, and so... Steaming actually was such an important part of this journey for me. Um, really connecting to my cycle in a deeper way yeah. um, was very important, and the t- particularly in the times when I felt like things were taking "quote unquote" too long. Right. But to trust that I was not only having a healthy cycle, but strengthening that cycle right. um, continuously working toward that bleed that starts and ends with the fresh red blood and that's coming in a really regular, healthy way. Um, I also experienced a pregnancy loss and miscarriage Mm -hmm. um, that shook me in a way that I was really unprepared for. Um, And in many ways told myself that it shouldn't be that hard, Mm -hmm. that I had gone through quote unquote harder things. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure for me if I had really, um, there really isn't a hierarchy of pain Mm -hmm. or trauma that fits universally amongst us all depends on when things happen and how they land in the heart and the womb. And that was a really heavy experience for me. Absolutely. And one that steaming played a pivotal role in helping me heal from. Wow. Um, so yeah. And so now I am really getting up there, as you say, 35 and five days, not that. <laughs> yeah, we're closer to 36, baby, closer to 36. Yeah. Um, so, so, and then just the surrendering around, you know, I kept in my first trimester, even into my second trimester, I think I was um, resisting the truth that my body was already not just my own. Mm, yeah. Um, I kept thinking, okay, when the baby comes, then that's where I've, you know, somehow mentally prepared more for providing the nourishment mm-hmm. through my body and being sleep deprived and needing to, you know, prepare for all of that yeah. in terms of what my body can handle. Um, in terms of the cravings and the heartburn and the exhaustion and the brain fog, it's like, oh, no, 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 that oh, yeah. surrender to motherhood and to your body for at least these early times mm-hmm. is no longer my own in the way it yeah. was before Absolutely. the conception. Um, and so that's been a trick to navigate yeah. for sure. <laughs> I tell my patients and I'm like, you're trying to conceive now. Your motherhood journey starts the moment you decide you want to become one. Your yes. motherhood journey decides that moment. And now when you're trying to conceive or you're in your preconception care, you're doing this stuff, not just for you, but for the being that's going to be inhabiting your womb for nine to 10 months, and then the nine to 10 or more months after that. So your body is not just your own from the moment you decide, I want to take on this role and responsibility of hosting a little one and a growing Mm -hmm. little one in your body. And that can be anywhere between, you know, months or almost even years because you're working toward making sure and preparing for pregnancy. And I think that's when true motherhood begins because you're thinking about it. And if you're thinking about it, then that's where those changes can actually start. So yeah, it's, it's a transition and it's not just a transition once you get a positive pregnancy test. Right. Right. Exactly. 
All right. So let's get started with the gushy stuff. Tell us how you were introduced to vaginal steaming and don't leave out any details. (laughs) So I was very much in the world of holistic women's health and wellness. And this was maybe five or six years ago now. I was running a company all about celebrating women's sexual pleasure and female orgasms for healing. So I'm just setting the context that I um, was, again, very much immersed in healing (laughs) journeys and all sorts of alternative therapies and practices. And not just on the on the outskirts. You were like in there, like we're gonna we're doing this, we're doing this the whole the whole gamut. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. Traveling the world, different practices, really coming into um, sex magic, solo sex practices that can release trauma, um, erotic art and film. I'm in it. Right. Okay. (laughs) You see where we're going here. Like this is not a person who is shy about the female body, the anatomy or anything else. Okay. Gotcha. (laughs) Exactly. So I got invited to a female ejaculation workshop. Once again, reinforcing. (laughs) (laughs) And at the time I was living in Denver, Colorado, the workshop was in Boulder and I drove up about 30 minute drive and had this really beautiful experience learning a little bit more about female ejaculation, connecting with wonderful women at this workshop. And there was a break where I was kind of eavesdropping actually Mm -hmm. kind of on the outskirts, outskirts of a conversation that was taking place around yoni steaming. Okay. And I, you know, got my tea and having my little snack and kind of listening and finding myself really getting skeptical and getting actually like activated in that skepticism. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) My mind is going completely different place. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so, and then we went back to the workshop and I kind of drop into that, like that space again. And here, you know, here I am like really open to learning about this newish practice to me around female ejaculation, which is like in so many ways, again, like so much more quote unquote, like, um, more taboo. Yeah. I was going to say taboo. Like the fact that you even said it out loud, like, oh, that can happen. And women do that. Good girls don't do that. You said ejaculation out loud and you said female in front of it. (laughs) So many, so many things wrong with the phrasing. I'll I, yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, and then and you're at a um, workshop where they're just talking about this the whole time, like dedicated to this. Dedicated to this, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Like, and, and I'm really like throughout that world where day in and day out I was in discussions around sexuality and how to honor our sexuality and our orgasms. I also understood like what a gift and also. Yeah what playfulness was needed Mm -hmm. um, and part of that work. Right. Um, And so just loved it. And so did say to friends that night, like, oh, you know, I can't meet up with you to dinner because I'm going to this female ejaculation workshop (laughs) just to see some like jaws drop (laughs) and everything else. (laughs) Perfect dinner party conversation. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, And so then I find myself driving home, not thinking about all this cool new information I gathered, but actually stewing in my mind about the conversation that I had overheard around yoni steaming. Wow. Um, Which in hindsight was such a beautiful conversation. And as you will see, it was a really like game changing conversation for me to hear because it was one that was happening amongst 
a small group, but five or six women talking about steaming, how they wanted to start a steaming circle. And I just had this reaction of like, I don't really know what this is. I've heard about it a little bit Mm -hmm. over the years, but like steaming outside and is this safe? And I had, I can still in remembering it, feel the, what my body was doing at the time, just like this, like this kind of angry, defensive, energetic of like, that's too much. And even like this questioning around if it were safe Mm. in that way that I now can come to see, as I say, like patriarchy's grasp is freaking strong. Yeah. I was just about to ask you, your intense skepticism boiled over into anger and what was truly underneath that anger. And now you just answered it was some patriarchy type ish. Um, Yeah. Internalized. (laughs) Yeah. this, there are caps to the limitation of their intimacy with ourselves mm-hmm. and like, what, can it go too far? And is this too far? And, and here's, here's something unknown to me, right. you know, quote unquote, does it work? Uh-huh. And then, you know, just all of those questions that now I receive right, a lot right. actually, mm-hmm. um, and hold very differently. So here I am driving along um, back home. And I do, I recognize that energy, mm-hmm. not necessarily as much in myself, but I recognize the ways in which that had been tossed at or sometimes thrown or spewed at me in the past, that that hurt of like lack of understanding yeah. um, that then turns into anger, turns into skepticism um, and was really thinking, okay, when people come at me with that, mm-hmm. What I try to invite them into is some curiosity yeah. and to some softening. Wow. And maybe there's an invitation to explore something here. If in that circumstance, you're being so threatened by me talking about healing through orgasm, mm-hmm. is there a way that if that's threatening to you, we can kind of start to unpack why that might be? Wow. And so I am having this very much like left shoulder, right shoulder, mm-hmm. kit, <laughs> two different versions of kit right. talking to each other sort of saying, okay, here's this like super defensive, angry, skeptical uh-huh. you. Um, what's hurt there? Like, and what's happening there that you can get more curious about wow. so that you can at least be exploring yoni steaming from a place that you have some experience with. Right, you know, I mean, right. here I was, I had this really intense reaction and I had never done a yoni steam myself. Yeah, it and, wasn't based and you're not, on- And you're not the only one. I think a lot of people who are skeptical or angry, or defensive, or any of those words that we kind of all have experienced in some way, shape, or form about something that you don't understand. One, it's based in ignorance. Ignorance formed by some patriarchal type um, containers. And that grasp is strong. And it's controlling. It runs deep. And it is often people who have never even thought about the experience or gotten close to the experience or even seen someone or, I mean, not even, it's not even that they've even heard an adult, but they've come to their own conclusions based on limited knowledge. And I think it's so important that you decided to turn that defensiveness into curiosity, run to the roar and not run from it. And so Mm -hmm. as a former skeptic, you even touched upon it and now you're turned advocate how do you utilize your own personal history to communicate the benefits of vaginal steaming to doubters and people with curious hesitancy? Mm-hmm. 
Well, yeah. I mean, that that curiosity took hold. The next day, I reached out to somebody I knew who would point me in a direction of a practitioner. Yeah. And I made an appointment and I did my first steam within a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I do want to say like, that was my journey. I did check in with myself. I did realize that actually there was a resonance mm-hmm. with this practice right. that sometimes when you have such a strong reaction, mm-hmm. um, that is your no, this was not that for me. Okay. I could tell that this was like an ego, like processing, working out something else around internalized patriarchy. And that this was actually masking an inner yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, And so, so I went, you know, because I did have that curiosity. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's important because I think both you and I stand for really offering people a range of practices for us to choose from. And if somebody comes to me and says, I'm just really not called to steaming. Like, I think it's great that you're doing it, but I'm not, I'm like, Great. Great. Like, trust that voice. Yeah. You know, like, like, let's talk about all sorts of different There's practices. A thousand and one other things we have to offer you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But if you realize that it's actually like the skepticism is happening like it was for me, mm-hmm. that it's actually masking this inner curiosity yeah. and inner calling, then that's an invitation to pay attention to. Right. Um, right. And so I'm so glad I did because then my first steam was remarkable to me. Wow. I mean, I had a full body release, tears, tingles throughout my body, um, really a feeling of connection to my my ancestors mm-hmm. in a way that I had never embodied before. Okay. Um, and I left from this place of like both feeling super grounded, Mm -hmm. super tethered. And also like I was floating. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's a natural high. It is a natural high. high. And I tell people all the time, you know, when you're sitting on that pot, you're not sitting like with your ankles crossed and your knees together. No, you're sitting like in the most receptive, vulnerable position you could possibly be in. When I'd say, I'm like, spread your legs, you know, and normally you go in the room and, you know, you're sitting down in a chair and sit like a lady is always in your head, you know, make sure you're mm-hmm. not with your legs wide open. Um, nobody wants to see all that. But my thing is, no, this is not that. I need you to, like, as far as the East is from the West, open those legs up because I want you to get all the benefits of the steam, not just for your undercarriage, but the emotional and the spiritual aspects as well. And you can't do that when you aren't receptive. And I think touching on that, you know, getting that connection with the divine feminine, really opening yourself up to what could be that curiosity, that's that evidence that you're trusting the process and trusting yourself with the process that you're about to experience. So thanks for touching on that too. So continue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) And I also had an, an awareness that there was deepening release of trauma mm-hmm. um, from second chakra wounding of all sorts. Yeah. And, and I will say I was humbled by that, mm-hmm. um, that esteem that lasted just 20 minutes or so, um, that was so gentle yeah. and so soothing and loving could be that powerful. I have yeah. done so many different modalities um, over the years to be on that healing path. Right. And 
this was decidedly different and something that is still so important to me about the steam practice is that it carries with it a gentleness that I, I'm just like amazed by. I feel like I like want to cry about it now. Like it's just, when do you get to experience something that's both so healing and so gentle and so restorative and and so transformative (sighs) all in 20 minutes, if you let it on 20 minutes, if you let it. Yeah. Yeah. And we just, I, I do live in our culture. Right. Mm -hmm. And I like, I definitely have a very strong masculine, like I want to get stuff done and have impact in the world. And do go, my go, shit. go. Right. Yeah. Oh, go, go, go. Right. And so like, I can be called to like, you know, in my early years in yoga practice, like I, I did Ashtanga yeah. power. Right. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to do it. Let's do it. Yeah, we're going to do it. Do it right. Do it quick and do it well and do it hard and do it fast. Like all the ways. Yeah. That, that right. And this is like just a whole different world yeah. of um, opening myself to the truth in that, that potency of healing that actually comes through the softness. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and so that is still something that the steam practice like invites me to understand in a literal and metaphorical space deeper and deeper and deeper. Yeah. And I'm so grateful for it. You talked about that kind of dichotomy between who you are personality wise and what the steaming practice is. In traditional Chinese medicine, we talk about the yin and the yang and being a woman. And this is not, you know, a person with ovaries, and, you know, and is not a bad thing, but it's connected to the yin, that receptivity in nature. I mean, we honestly, we have a vagina what is de- you know, designed to be penetrated, designed for babies to come out. And that is, you know, that is a receptive port of entry, period. Um, those are facts. And then on the yang side, it's that, like you described, that kind of, animalistic, go, 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 push hard, get it done, faster, harder, smarter, all those things. And so I think in a lot of times as women in our culture, as you have already talked about, we oftentimes fail to reserve space and time for that softness because in that yin nature, because everything is telling us to go, to move, to do, to grow, to be better, do more, do it faster, all of that just so we can stay up, compete, and rise, climb, ascend, assert, all those things. And so when you're in that day in and day out, sometimes sitting on a steam throne almost seems boring. Like, what are we getting done here? (laughs) Like, what is happening here? I'm just going to sit. And so many times our patients want to come in and they want to be on their phones. They want to do like something almost is uncomfortable about that receptivity nature. And they're shocked, surprised where I'm like, just, you can journal if that's what you feel you need to do, but put your phone away. Mm-hmm. April creates a great environment in the room. So that, you know, it's auditory. You're listening to great music. You can, you know, olfactory, you're smelling great smells. The visuals in the room are all healing. Mm. And so you're already getting, you have tea, so your taste buds are being, you know, stimulated as well. You're, you know, everything is being stimulated on a good, calm, peaceful level, but there's still that urge to break that up with something that kind of balances that all out because we're afraid of it. And it's, it is uncomfortable sometimes to be with self, 
to be still and just receive. Mm -hmm. I resonate with all of that yeah. so much, yeah. including the desire to be on my phone. Yeah. And we take <laughs> and the phone out, like turn it off. It. Yeah. Turn it off. I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like there are some times where I've just been like so in that go, go, go. Yeah. Um, and usually, if not always, the steam does carry me out of it. Right. But I will be in such a place where I'll think, you know, those stories, if I don't have time, I can make this more productive. If I multitask. You know, like, yeah. And, mm -hmm. you know, and, and of course, the deeper thing is that you're losing, you really are. I want to yeah. say like, you know, you're, you're losing an, an element that the practice has to offer. Yeah. And sometimes you're like, I'm doing my best and it's like, I'm texting while I'm steaming, you know? <laughs> right. And it's just like, that's yeah. where I'm at today. Yeah. <laughs> and that's right. right. <laughs> but that is also quite the invitation to me to say like, what is going on? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. why are you resisting slowing down uh -huh. this much? Yeah. Like we're talking about minutes here Yeah, and you know what it opens mm -hmm. um, for you. Right. So where, what, again, what's scaring you about slowing down here? Yeah. Um, and which, so it's all so informative. Which kind of ties into the next question or theme. One of the features that I most admire about the vaginal steam modality is that it aligns perfectly with trauma-informed care. <laughs> and I believe that sometimes we're not even aware that the traumas exist and by opening up physically, we don't even connect the fact that there's stuff to release spiritually and emotionally. So how do you connect trauma healing with the divine feminine? Oh my gosh, Lorena. Yes. You just articulated in such a succinct way what I have felt from the very beginning and have never heard said just that way. Seeming aligns perfectly with trauma-informed care. Yeah. Like, Oh my goodness. That's it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I talk so much about like the gentleness, the messages mm -hmm. from the invitational aspect of the practice. And this is what I've been meaning, yeah. but that's just. Now it's it. yours. Now you own it. It's yours. Oh my gosh. You can have that I one. <laughs> we can share. Um, <laughs> yeah. But that's it. Right. Like it's, it is a trauma informed modality in its essence. Yeah. And I think that that is another way in which it can stimulate a lot of skepticism mm. because we do not live and operate in a trauma-informed world. No. And in our medical spaces, we certainly don't. Do not. Right? So when we talk <laughs> Absolutely here, not. <laughs> not trauma-informed. Not trauma-inducing. Trauma -inducing. It's down. It, it is often trauma-inducing. It is expert, you know. Hierarchy, hierarchy, hierarchical. Yeah. yeah. Consent is often full and absent absence. <laughs> or, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, well, we can fit it in. That would be maybe, you know. <laughs> if we have the time, um, we'll worry about consent then. <laughs> right. 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 And so that is it. That is why it is able, I think this practice that has so much simplicity to it, even though I know we're going to talk about the nuances and the importance right. of really um, being, being informed about how you're doing it for you and your body, but the simplicity of using the elements and using your own inner dialogue to make the choices around, you know, I talk to so many people about every time you steam, like, just take the seconds to say, 
like to your womb. Like, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Like, are you up for it? Mm-hmm. I'm doing it for you. Yeah. And with you. I'm with you. So you're up for it. Right. And like a couple of breaths in that can just change the practice completely. Yeah. Because it's really involving your body in a way that, again, we do so much, we speak so much to practices that involve the body and we don't actually connect with the body right. a lot. Um, and the steam does that. It just activates that connection. And I think that's why we have, we see so often, certainly in myself and with so many others that I've done steaming with, that it's this unlocking of emotions and unlocking the resistance to connecting to spirit, to connecting to ancestral wisdom, to a wider understanding of how we're all interconnected. That is so beautiful and magnificent. Um, And so that really was my entry point. And then for me, then I started seeing the physical Mm -hmm. benefits after. Yeah. What were some of those physical findings that you noticed after your steaming ritual of your own, developing one of your own? I'm, you know, I'm 15, 20, 20 years into being a bleeding person. Like I've been bleeding for 20 years. Yeah. And the, the bleed that I have after three steams mm-hmm. was noticeably the best bleed I've ever had wow. in my life. Wow. Up, up until that point, yeah. it then just got better and better. But I knew I, I had just come to understand, oh, I'm getting my bleed when my body would tell me through lower back pain mm-hmm. and some mild cramping. Yeah. And that's when I would get my period products mm-hmm. ready. Um, and this time I wasn't prepared because I didn't have any of those symptoms. symptoms. Um, Play it just one more time moving. for the people in the back, in the balcony, in the overflow, yeah. like that no you don't symptoms. have to have <laughs> symptoms before your period. Again, another relic of the patriarchy that makes us believe that it's all a part of being a woman. You get cramps and that'll be let you know. And again, if you have to take some painkillers, you know, you'll be all right. Are you, are you missing work? Are you missing school? Then I mean, it's not so bad. Um, and yeah, there's nothing. Just just pop some pills and you'll be fine in a couple of days. That's what I was told for decades. I yeah. was told for decades that I, because I only had to pop pills one day, three to four cycles a year, mm-hmm. but nothing to be concerned about. Actually, you're probably one of the lucky ones. Yeah. Great. You know, good for you. So I believed that yeah. it's coming from a physician. Mm-hmm. Um, I also was told brown blood before and after so common it's normal. Mm. And I am so glad to Kelly Garza for just naming it to me and being like common and normal are different things. Common, normal, healthy. Common Mm -hmm. does not make it normal. And (laughs) if it's normal, doesn't make it healthy. Doesn't make it optimal. Doesn't mean it can't improve. It may be your norm, Mm -hmm. but it's not healthy. There you go. Yeah. Shout out to Kelly Garza. (laughs) Won't be the first of this show. Maybe it certainly won't be the last. (laughs) But so I. I was just amazed by that. And I I actually hadn't heard her spoke those words yet because I hadn't yet taken steaming courses. Mm -hmm. I just noticed like, oh my gosh, this was the easiest bleed I've ever had. Like, why would that be? I hadn't changed anything else. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then I kept steaming at home because the practitioner that I had found in Colorado actually moved to Hawaii. Okay, And I was like, oh man, I just got really excited about this. (laughs) (laughs) From no, skeptic to advocate to proponent to steamer, right. like, oh, this is good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so then I started steaming at home. I had all sorts of super 
janky setup. Okay, I want to know all of them. You were steaming, obviously, without a seat. So I'm curious, how were you steaming? So I, the first time I was in, oh my gosh, there were so many funny things. So I eventually got myself into child's pose, okay. which was the right move for me and my body at that time. Okay, I did though, thankfully I realized before I really needed to realize that I put a towel over the steam pot uh-huh. edge. To direct it because, to where it needed to because be. Because I would get really close <laughs> to it and then I'd think like, well, that's not going to be good. You know, <laughs> This is not going to end well. This is not going to end well. <laughs> and then I, I like burned part of my carpet oh, because, no. in my closet. I like I tried to set up my closet. I was At the time, I was actually like newly dating my now husband. <laughs> And so I <laughs> wasn't quite I ready to share that apparatus that set up with the with, right, right. With the new, I'm like, I'm you closet steaming now, <laughs> which was a very good sign that he was like, right. I don't understand, but go for sure. it. Like, make me happy, fine. Um, so, <laughs> so, and then there was this time when I actually went up to a friend's place in the mountains, and um, really wanted to like connect, like I had done when the steam was offered to me mm-hmm. and I lit all these candles and I was on my own for a night and I was in the bathroom and I was like positioned to sitting sort of hovering over the tub. Okay. Um, and then I went back down into a child's pose. And at that point I started smelling something burn and realized that it was my hair. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's top of my head. Thank goodness. Yes. But it's <laughs> And, and it was because I had all these candles around oh, me and no. I had oh, no. <laughs> I just relaxed. And so then I, oh my gosh, actually there's one more story. Then I was back home visiting my parents. <laughs> I used to travel a lot. And, um, and I used one, I did that trick with the table. I like this trick. You just have to really get the right table where you put it on its side. Okay. So that again, you kind of have like a butt cheek on each like leg yeah uh-huh. kind of like if this yeah um a butt cheek on each leg basically as you say and and at that point I I I slipped I mean I caught myself but I slipped and I was and I said out loud I was like it's time, it's time. <laughs> <laughs> that's you've reached your limit enough so now playtime yeah. is over this is not a drill <laughs> You're into this practice clearly. Right. Like you've been talking about it nonstop. Invest in yourself. Safety Invest first, because there's been yeah. several accidents that could have been more traumatic than they were. Right, yes. right, right. It's like, are you going to wait until you actually hurt yourself? Exactly. Um, because then that's that self responsibility piece too. Yeah. I understood. Like there was no reason for this. Yeah. Like I could figure out a way to do this more right. safely. Um, <laughs> And that just kicked things off with me really wanting to find a seat that I loved, that was made with intention mm-hmm. and had a beautiful design to right. it and made of nice woods. Yeah. And um, at this point, I was I had started my studies through Steamy Chick Good. and Kelly Garza, and she had also said in one of her classes that um, this totally life-changing sentence for me, which was that every seat with a Every home uh-huh. with a womb in it should have a yoni steam seat. Wow. Not with a woman and in it, like, a womb in it. Did you get that? Yeah. Not just every home with a woman in it, every home, home. with a womb in it. 
Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And I that. was like, you know what? This can be my contribution to this practice yeah. because I would love to spread this practice. And Kelly and you and so many others are doing such a great job providing the education and the services. And this was this light bulb entrepreneurial moment right. of, okay, I can make the seats and all the accoutrements. So let's talk and, about it. What is yeah. the Qatar origin story, the Qatar love origin story? <laughs> and how did, talk to me about the name, how did you got into the steam seat business, all the, all the things. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much. So, so, um, so yeah, that, that was this moment. My, my parents' guest room slipping on the <laughs> makeshift table, <laughs> saying out loud, no more. No more. Um, and then deciding that this was an idea I wanted to pursue. Mm-hmm. I um, At that point, my husband and I had been married for about four months. Okay. Um, and I had talked to a few girlfriends, was really starting to understand that this practice had done incredibly beautiful healing work for myself, mm-hmm. my body, my womb, my heart, and that it was something that lots of us were reconnecting to. Right. Um, and so I looked into a bit and really did see that there was a potential here mm-hmm. that other people were looking for a similar product. Um, and so I had dinner with my husband on March 1st of 2019 mm-hmm. and I sort of mapped out the, the plan for him, yeah. um, as somebody who loves, I love bouncing ideas off with. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I think you should do it. Right. <laughs> I was like, do it. Do you, I was like, do you understand what the practice is? Right. And he was like, not really. Not so much. <laughs> Not so much. You lost me at vaginal. You lost me at vaginal. But you're really into it. Uh-huh. You have like had all these conversations. You've mapped this out. I can see that you you believe in this right. and it will energize you and like you've got the whole plan thing. So go for it. Um also probably knowing that I was in a certain space where I wasn't gonna be told no. Um, right. <laughs> I'm cracking up like inside of me because I can see I'm like going back to the beginning of this conversation where steaming was just that, like that was the line too far. Like that was too much for you. (laughs) Not female ejaculation, not, you know, masturbation for healing, not, you know, celebrating women's sexual pleasure or not masturbation, but orgasms for healing. Mm -hmm. Like none of that was a turnoff, mm-hmm. but probably least offensive of all of those topics was Yoni steaming. And that was the line that you said, yep, that's just too far. That's too much. Mm-hmm. That's too fast. That's too whatever. And you went from an angry, <laughs> an angry white woman defensive about Yoni steaming <laughs> Yeah, I said it. An angry white woman. <laughs> Defensive about Yoni steaming to now literally creating, a, I think it's your second business mm-hmm. around Yoni steam seat. Like, like that is the business, creating Yoni steam seats. Yeah. Talk about a turnaround. Yeah. Talk about a turnaround. Wow. So, okay. So talk to us about Katara love. So this practice is so powerful. Yeah. I can talk about softening. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> practice just completely softened me, yeah. invited me in. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm listening. Here I am. And I Use was me. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
And so that's part of the name. Um, years ago, a beloved mentor shared with me that when we were sitting together in circle, she just kept looking at me across the circle and hearing or receiving the name Katara. Mm-hmm. And when she told me that, it landed really powerfully in me. Like I had full goosebumps and tingles and it felt really, really important mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where I was like, I receive that and I hear that for me and not right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so when I started looking into this creation, I started being in career around the name and part of what Katara came through this mentor to then be passed to me was because it's a blend of my name and Tara, an archetype of the goddess of compassion. Wow. And that's an archetype that I've been working with for many, many years. Mm. And I feel like is an archetype that is so present mm. in the steaming practice. Yeah. There's just so much love through the lens of compassion, compassion for ourselves, for the earth, for our womb space, Mm -hmm. for what we've been through in patriarchy and capitalism and for our healing journeys. And so that was chosen, Mm. I felt like for this time, for this entity that was coming through. Um, And then um, pretty funny, actually, Katara.com was taken and I just was like, but I know this. This is it. Yeah. This is the name. This is the name. And so then I just felt like I heard this whisper of like, well, it's love. It's love. Yeah. So I was like, okay, what about Qatar love? Right. <laughs> Will that work? Is that available? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was like, ding, ding, ding. Yeah. So, there you go. So from there, Qatar love was born. And I started working with a woodworking teacher in Maine and um, spent the summer of 2019 with this really special gentleman in Maine in his 70s, who I just felt really connected to. I interviewed a bunch of different people and, of course, was nervous, apprehensive to um, go into this woodworking studio and tell this great guy, but totally new to me, that this is what I wanted to do um, and apprentice under him and create this Yoni steam seat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he has a daughter who's a nurse. And he was like, that sounds great. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, um, and so we made the first 12 seats that summer. And um, I actually messaged 38 women on my 38th birthday, mm-hmm. telling them what I had been up to and here were the seats and would they like to purchase one? No pressure, but you know, here's something I right. created. And I sold out of them that day. Wow. And I just realized, okay, there's something here. There's, you know, yes. And even though I was teasing, there are ways to steam at home without seats. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that can be a great way to test out the practice and see if it's something that you want to do. Right. I do have a video to really walk people through that. Okay. We'll put that in the show notes just in case. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So, Cause I do understand it's an investment. Right. And, um, and then when you make that decision, you want to have it feel extra special and extra, like it's supporting this ritual. Um, and so I then understood that there was a potential that lots of us really wanted to be a yes to that ritual, mm-hmm. the safety, the comfort that comes from a setup and partnered with a woman-owned woodworking studio okay. um, just 55 minutes west of me. Um, and we make the seats there now. Wow. So, That's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So 
What advice can you give for those individuals who are interested in beginning a vaginal steam practice, whether they have a steam seat or not? Um, like just getting started, what do you need to have? What are some you know bare minimum before they you know decide to make the investment of getting a steam seat? Yeah, so a safe steam pot, mm-hmm. um, which you probably have in your house, just to double check that you're using a pot that doesn't have any coating in it. Okay. So stainless steel, no coating or glass, okay. um, because we are receiving into our yoni everything that's coming with the water, right. and we don't want to have any of the non-stick mm-hmm. stuff. Carcinogenic material, <laughs> I'll say it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then water and a heat source. Mm-hmm. And that's really what I say is all you need. Yeah. Um, and that can come in the form of like a rice cooker or any type of like um, yeah. plug-in kind of, not maybe a full Instapot, but something that you can kind of regulate the heat um, yourself. And it's, you can, yeah, yeah. And even if you don't have that, you know, a pot that can, you know, you test out the heat and it just, you know, naturally cools on its own. Right. Right. That's how I started, just the naturally cooling on its own. Yeah. Um, and then, and with Qatar, we saw three different pots as well as a burner mm-hmm. so that it can be really easy to sustain the heat or to change the heat temperature. Good. Um, and then you don't have to move it from your stove, um, which was something that I actually found really helpful myself. Yeah. Just because it's all it's right there. Fine. Yeah. It's all right there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's less dangerous Again. than transporting boiling water and hot water and to the different right. places and all those things. Definitely so. And once you make things even just a notch safer and easier, I just know for myself, I'm more likely to do to it. To do it. Yeah. And that's the aim. <laughs> you do need to do it. Yeah. And order for it to work. Right. Right? <laughs> that's the aim. Get it to get it done. Yes. That's the aim. Exactly. Enjoy the process, but yeah, actually do it. That's the aim. And then we have all these different herbs available to mm-hmm. us. Um, Katara has six different custom organic herbal blends, mm-hmm. but um, you can really tap into your own inner wisdom and knowing in guidance and stewardship with a trained and trusted practitioner okay. around what herbs are going to be of most service to you and your body, particular with any sort of specific ailments mm-hmm. that you might be working with. So you might want to be clearing fibroids, you might want to be lengthening a cycle, shortening a cycle, working toward um, healing after a birth, mm-hmm. um, which I am gearing up for. And all of those would require different herbs. Yes. Um, so the herbs are introduced, but it is really important to be mindful that it's the right blend and the right herbs for you and your body and your desires at that time. Absolutely. And I, just to piggyback on that, just because your friend is using a certain blend does not make that blend good for you. Even if you have the same condition, you may have other conditions that are associated with it that make that blend incompatible. Um, The time that you're steaming, a lot of times people are enjoying the experience and they're steaming too long and then wondering why things are going awry. Really, I think you hit on like the two words that I think are important, trusted and trained. Um, Because again, not 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 just the herb blend. It's not just the time frame. It's not just the the intensity of the heat. It's the combination of all three. And if any one of those three are amiss, you won't be having the experience or gaining the benefits of the experience that you desire. So I'm going to include all the instructional videos that um, Kit has on YouTube, so at least you can begin. I'll link some of Kelly's videos as well, because it's really important that if you are going to start at least at least at the very, very least, get someone to 
talk you through because you can, even if you know the time to sit on the pot and or the time to sit on your seat or your throne and you make sure that the temperature is adequate, it's that blend that can vary from person to person. And if you have one of those three that are off, you might not get the results that you want in in, in the negative sense. Um, and it's really important that you get all three of those components um, perfectly designed for you so that you can not only enjoy the experience, but you get the benefits of it as well. So thank you for yeah. touching on that. Yeah, no, thank you. And the the days, what days of your cycle yes. you're steaming, yeah. this is your saying. And the frequency, so like, you know, some people need to steam, you know, every day. Some people need to steam once, steam once a week. Some people need to yeah. steam, you know, once a month, you know, just depending on when it is. And again, all those things are so very important. So yeah, I guess that's the fourth characteristic to take into play, the frequency mm -hmm. um, and the mm -hmm. timing. Yeah. All right. So we're in the midst of Black Maternal Health Week. So please talk with us about the Katara Fund for Black Maternal Health. Yeah, yeah thank you. Well, um, so Katara gives 1% of all of our revenue, all of our sales to Black-led community initiatives that are supporting Black maternal health. Mm -hmm. um, we are currently primarily supporting Sadia C. Wade and her nonprofit for the village, mm -hmm. which does just that, provides excellent maternal health to um, indigenous and black populations that are underserved um, throughout the country now, started in California and now is spreading into the East Coast, um, which is so wonderful and so important um, and very resonant with Katara on many levels um, because we very much honor that yoni steaming is something that we are all connected to through our bloodlines mm -hmm. if we go far and far enough back. Yeah. And the resurgence of it that's happening, particularly in the West and the U.S., is happening through Black leadership. Right. And so really wanting to be mindful and express our gratitude for that, whilst also doing whatever we can to make the horrific disparities between Black maternal health and the health that white women um, receive narrow and hopefully close right. um, because we are seeing somewhere between, depending on the country, in the West, three to five times the rate of maternal death in the Black community as opposed to the white community. Absolutely. And keep in mind that this isn't just this, some brand new thing that Kit cooked up um, this week for Black Maternal Health yeah. um, Week. This has been, you know, Katara Love has been a part of this and formed this fund from the beginning, before the reckoning, before everyone was kind of like, you know, mm -hmm. just trying to jump on the, like, support all things Black bus bandwagon. And then three months later, crickets. So just keep in mind that um, this is a genuine ally and someone who has been, who's dedicated to um, the uplifting of Black maternal health through the work that she does and through her company, Katara Love. So are there any additional resources you suggest for listeners who are interested not only in finding a more comfortable way to steam, but also reconnect mm -hmm. with their wombs? Mm. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Episode two. I was like, all right. I was like, the way you said that, it sounds like we're going to have a part two any moment now. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Um, I think really, um, yes, I'm, I'm always a stand for connecting to ourselves through pleasure mm -hmm. and sensuality leading to sexuality, if that is resonant at that time. Right. Um, but I think even more and more, 
we invite in the simplicity and it gets to the breath. And so there's an access point there as well that isn't as necessarily um, confrontational as some of the more sensuality, sexuality-based practices might be, but really allowing the breath to come into the body and drop all the way down into the womb. And just doing that for really seconds, minutes, if you can, a couple times a day um, is is really transformative. I think it invites us into a dialogue with the womb space. Mm -hmm. Um, And from that, we are really talking to our intuition and to a power center inside of us that we actually do have access to every minute of every day. But in our current world, it often presents itself as disconnected, even though it's right there. Um, And I think the breath is a really wonderful, always accessible um, space for us to access it. I love it. I love it. So last question, any parting words of wisdom? Ooh, parting words of wisdom. Hmm. <sighs> I think that what's coming through for me is, is trust yourself and trust your body. Hmm. And it's been such a joy to share in this conversation because it's really been going down memory lane for me of the different ways in which I've trusted that there's some, there's some pull, there's something here for me, even if all the chatter in my brain is trying to distract me or convince me otherwise, there was, there was something, Mm -hmm. um, and our bodies are guiding us even when we don't know it. So there's just so much beauty in that. So Wow. I love that. That was sweet. That was gentle. That was nice. And so Kit, from on behalf of our listeners, on behalf of our team, we wish you all the wonderfulness, the best wishes as you enter into your season of delivery and birthday for you and your baby. And again, thank you. It's been a pleasure and we'll talk soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for joining Women's Health Wisdom and Wine. We really hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Think about one gem you can take away from this episode and apply it to your own life. Also, remember to follow us, review us, and give us five stars. Till we meet again, remember, nourish your flourish.